Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855am on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and we'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. And we've got quite a few things coming up on the show. We um, Joining me in the studio, actually, is Ian. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Marissa and... Uh, and particularly uh, doing time, I do admire your uh, work, particularly uh, all those wonderful speeches at the rallies for Stop Black Deaths in Custody. Oh, yeah, I did some uh, stuff for Easter, actually, and I, I've done a couple of other things as well for the Prison Abolition Collective, and you must have heard some of my speeches around Black Deaths in Custody. Um, and I got a lot of, I got permission from a lot of elders to do those speeches, actually, Ian, so I, I certainly wasn't working alone. And in fact, um, Uncle Ray Jackson used to be a very, very important part of this show before he passed away. And um, so we will be speaking about deaths in custody today and the people that we do mention will be the people whose families have given permission to actually release those names. And um, any any sensitive things, just, be, just make sure that um, some of the views, that the things that come out may you know they may be deaths of loved ones and you know we're being doing time is always sensitive to that it's been going on for years this show ian wow yeah it's been wow. going this sh- for years we've done a lot of violations of human rights and have had a lot of aboriginal people on this show including robbie cheerio to robbie out there oh, and uh gillard and anyone else who's listening <laughs> oh, deadly, deadly so you know, I, I know what the work you've done and particularly Beyond the Bars is something that impresses me no end, especially oh, the music yeah. and the words and how long they have uh, been inside the women's prison and certainly the uh, the all the prisons in Victoria. It's Absolutely, and Kutcher Edwards is actually involved with Beyond the Bars and they've, they've, done, they've done a lot of stuff there. So, you know, Ian, what about... Um, I'll just give a bit of an intro. So to start yes. off with... Um, we're going to be speaking with um, with Lydia Thorpe, and we're going to be talking to her about um, the citizenship and what ha- what's happened. Um, it appears, and there's a lot of lot of stuff in the mainstream media about this, about how the Yarra Council and also um, the Darabin is also following suit as well in terms of actually um, strip that they wanted to take off the ceremonies, didn't they, Ian? Um, yes. Of yes. the 
to, to not have um, citizenship ceremonies on Australia Day, which is perfectly all right because, you know, there's a lot of unfinished business. Australia Day is a day of death and a day of, uh, you know, atrocities that have happened to Aboriginal people. Um, it's not really a proper thing, is it? And so we're going to talk to Lydia Thorpe about that, maybe talk a little bit about deaths in custody. Um, and Ian is going to be joining us for that. Um, and Ian, you've been on Joe's show, haven't you? And you've been on yes, Robbie's show yes. as well. So you, you know, you know the lingo. <laughs> oh, yes, and I, I was fortunate one occasion when uh, uh, Johnny Mac and everyone came back for their national broadcasting uh, meetings in Cairns to listen to some of the music and that yeah. Johnny Mac brought back. And you know, it's so important the uh, national Indigenous. Uh, a uh, uh, broadcasting network which runs right across this country and uh, absolutely it's, it's very uh, I'm honored to be on your show and it'll be wonderful to listen to uh, uh, Lydia because this is a an explosive issue about uh, the wonderful stand that uh, Darabin and Yarra have taken and it must give people a lot of heart you know from absolutely. the you know, especially from uh, Black Lives Matter in America and the, you know, particularly the uh, endorsement by Trump of the neo-Nazis and uh, white supremacy and how it's created such a, uh, an enormous pressure on Australia's own brutal treatment, white Australian policy and Absolutely. constitution. So it'll be wonderful to hear you and, uh, and, and Lydia because... Uh, you you have been at this game longer than I, and it's a, it's a great honour. I often think about how lucky I've been in terms of not doing time. You know what I mean? We, no, yeah, I know. You know, because it's a hard thing. You know. So. And you're back with the doing time show, and yeah, so we're speaking now with Lydia Thorpe, and Lydia, I, I wanted to just um tell you that Ian has is, is actually joining us as well. You would know Ian. Yeah, he's he was with he's been with Robbie a lot on these shows. Hello, Lydia. You there, Lydia? Oh, yeah, Lydia. Hi, Ian. How oh, are you? Hi. Good, thank you, uh, Lydia. Good, nice to hear you. It's nice to be on uh, doing time. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I think uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Marissa invited me a few weeks ago, and uh, it's uh, a great honour to uh, you know be hearing some of your comments, particularly on Darabin and uh, and Yarra Council, which has made such a such a, a wonderful uh, opportunity for the city to move ahead in a you know in a beautiful you know not racially hatred but a challenging way. On, Absolutely, you know. Absolutely. So, Lydia, yes. I think... Um, For sure. Yeah, we were talking about this off-air um, today, weren't we? And Ian made, has made some really good points here. But, you know, can you just tell us a little, just for listeners who perhaps aren't up with all this stuff, can you explain what's happened and also talk about what the Turnbull government has done as well? Um, so... So from a Victorian perspective, the um, Yarra Council um, were the first council to um, make a decision not to celebrate Australia Day and to not do citizenship ceremonies on on that day. Um, and, you know, that was received really well from, from black followers, of course, and, and a lot of um, 
people who know the truth of, of this country, a lot of our supporters. Um, and then Darabin Council were certainly um, not too far behind Yarra, being another progressive council who are working closely with um, their Aboriginal communities. And, and, you know, both councils have advisory um, committees that... Um, Aboriginal advisory committees that provide advice. And so they've um, taken up the... Um, you know, they've, they've done the right thing. They've listened to their Aboriginal advisory groups and they've stopped doing citizenship ceremonies on that day because of the sensitivities that it brings for our people. Um, and it's, you know, it's created a, a discussion, I think, across the country. Um, and I know that there are, you know, several other councils writing motions as we speak to follow suit. It's just which one will get in next. Um, and in terms of um, Turnbull's response to that, well, you know, what can I say? He's, he's totally... Um, he's... I think he's just being really racist, actually. I think his response is a racist attitude, yep. which reflects a lot of other attitudes that we've got to deal with in this country. Um, I don't think, you know, he talks about um, unity and the values of this, you know, the Australian values. Yeah. Well, I looked at those Australian values and, they, and what he's doing don't, don't reflect the Australian values. So he's contradictory in what he's saying. And good on him for stripping the, the citizenship uh, rights for councils because it's, you know, it's made those councils also think about, well, what does that mean? It really, you know, it's to have traditional owners involved in a citizenship ceremony is far more meaningful than just having the government kick off your citizenship in this country. So um, there have been traditional owner groups that have offered to do um, ceremonies. So I think we're we're heading in a, into a good space. But at the same time, we've got to be careful of all the um, racism that this has created. Um, there is a lot of racism. really right right now. You, you know, Lydia, I think the reason why I felt like I needed to invite you on the show is for two reasons. One, because um, it's in regards to the fact that we, we definitely need um, Aboriginal people in Victoria to, to voice their um, opinions. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? And also um, about the yeah. fact that it's it's very, very... Sorry about the background noise there. We had some technical difficulties. Um, but also in regards to um, the fact that it's important to, to look at the fact that the government has stripped, hasn't it, has stripped these councils, haven't they? You know? Of, um, of, of the fact that they're now not allowed to have anything, are they? Is, is that right? Well, they're not. But yeah, that's right. So they've only stripped Yarra Council so far. They'll, they'll strip Darabin Council next. Yeah. Um, but there are a number of MPs that have put their hands up to do the citizenship ceremony. So, okay. you know, I, I think that we could have some really beautiful ceremony happen out of this where um, Wurundjeri people are doing the, the citizenship ceremony and we get some MPs to sign it up. I mean, it's quite easily done and it can be done far more respectfully and um, with much more meaning um, yeah. if they had traditional owners involved in that process and and it's a good um, way to 
you know, start a conversation about a treaty because these are the things that, you know, you would see as, as a, a key ingredient into a treaty. That's true. Can you talk more about that? When, when you say treaty, um, like you mean in terms well, of unfinished about, business? You know, I, I think in terms of telling the truth. You know, I think before we have a treaty in this country, we need to have... It, you know, there's a number of our old people that have talked about truth and justice commissions. Um, you can't have a treaty without this country owning and knowing the, the real, the, you know, the truth. And it seems that when we're putting it out there, we're telling the truth of the history of this country. You know, all these people are coming out and and just being outright racist because they have no idea of the truth of this country. So the schools that they've been to never told them the truth. It was built on a, you know, on a colonial education system teaching about explorers and how wonderful Captain Cook and Macmillan and other wonderful explorers were and how, you know, we need to um, honour those explorers rather than the, the real history of them being responsible for massacres in this country. So I think, you know, we can't talk about a treaty unless we talk about the truth first. Yeah. And in fact, the the paternal attitudes of British migrants um, and their descendants continue to dominate Mm. Aboriginal discussions in the media, as well as in government. Mm. Um, There's a lot of exclusion. seeking out yeah, yeah. And I spoke today um, to a, a board that I am that I sit on. I won't mention that board, but it's no. a mainstream board. And it's to do with education, um, you know, and it was a bit of a cultural awareness session and I raised the issue. And it was really challenging for people. Um, but, it's, you know, I'm saying to them, how are we going to get the truth out there? That's right. You know, we need to start telling the truth and we've got to lead by example. Um, so it's, it, it is hard. It's hard for white fellas to realise that their forebearers were all mainly murders and, you know, invaders and um, people that they should be ashamed of. But, you know, we're, we're happy to move on from it, but own it, own the truth but, so that we can have some healing. This, this constant blatant denial is even more hurtful, I think. Our government um, is very much in tonight, denial. You know, I got a Facebook message yesterday. Yep. Well, our government's always been in denial. I just think this Liberal government is really, um, you know, someone said that he's, he's, if he was in America, he'd be known as the leader of the KKK the way he's responding to things. I can't, um, you know, I don't know how he can talk about unity when he's being so divisive. It's so, very true. Yeah, I, I don't know. We just need to keep putting the pressure on and um, have more councils talk about it. There's been, you know, councils... I'm in New South Wales at the moment and no two councils here are talking about it. So we just need more you know, grassroots people to put pressure on their councils to start having the conversation and start uniting with um, their other 
um, councils. The more councils that stand up, the more we're putting pressure on this government to do the right thing. And as Ian said, you know, um, didn't you, Ian? You, you were saying that it was it was good what the councils were doing. Oh, look, Lydia, I think it's wonderful what you're doing. I, I've never seen anything unravel like this. And I think your comparison with the KKK and the Prime Minister is is very, uh, very important because it, it shows the depth of change that's occurring in America, you know, because it's interesting that this fellow Trump, he is related to uh, Rosenbelt. And Rosenbelt, you remember, was a president in the Second World War, but he was uh, challenged at that time by a lot of people because he wouldn't speak out against the lynching in the South. You know, Lydia? You know, in that time? Yeah. And yeah. that's that's why I think it's very important that you make that comparison with the, the deep racism that this country has uh, been imbued with, particularly in the education system and so on. But, but Lydia, it's, it seems with yeah. all this uh, technology and smartphones, uh, it's such a profound change that I think many councils now have to recognise that there's such a groundswell against Invasion Day as such a, you know, celebrating what what uh, you would call the, you know, the uh, gassing of uh, good people in uh, Jews and, and gypsies and communists yeah. in, in, in the Second World War. You know, it's the same. It's, it's exactly the same. And, Lydia, I know yeah. you've got to board a plane soon, isn't it? Um, but I, I just wanted to quickly... Have you got a couple more minutes? Yeah, sure. Yeah, just wanted to um, ask you just so that listeners, just to clarify, so listeners know this. So this racism, because we've talked about how honourable it is that the councils have done has done the citizenship, taken the ceremonies off, but what did the government actually do that was racist? What, did ter- what, what do you think, in your opinion, or in your view, as an Aboriginal person? Well, what, what he's, did he do? He's, you know, he's saying, oh, this, he's basically just... Um, you know, fobbing us off and saying, this is ridiculous, you know, how dare they try and, um, well, not they, but it, it's, it's like that the notion of um, Australia Day being racist or um, us calling it Invasion Day or, you know, any connotation to the, any kind of real history of that day, he's just dismissing. Yeah. And I think that that um, is a form of racism in that, you know, he. What, what about us? What about the three percent of Aboriginal people, First Nations people of this country? What what rights do we have? Is he, does he represent us? Exactly. I mean, he's the prime minister, yet he's dismissing our concerns, our views. Um. So I, I just think, yeah, he, his practices and his comments are racist. Extremely racist, and yeah, and you know, unfortunately, yeah. he's the leader of the country. And <laughs> yeah, it's true. And it, look, wouldn't it be great to have a treaty in Victoria? Is is that something that elders in 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 different states are thinking, or or do people think it's better to have an Australia wide treaty? Well, I'd like the clans. I'd like the three hundred clans to make that decision. Yeah. 
Um, and the way the treaty discussions are happening in Victoria, it's not enabling clans to have a voice at all. So I'm, I'm going to leave that decision-making to the old people of those clans mm -hmm. when they eventually have an opportunity to talk about it. Um, and I think that needs to happen across this country yeah, so that right. clans can have the right to make a decision for themselves, to self-determine what's right for them. I mean, if we look at the, you know, the uh, Waitangi Treaty, there's, there's one clan group that said that a treaty wasn't for them. So there's Correct. one clan group that's not part of that treaty. There's just got to be more, consult more consultation. Well, I hate that word. I hate yeah. that word. I just think that it needs to... Clans need an opportunity to come together, which they're not ever given in, 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 this, in Victoria. That's what I meant, yeah. Um, we're, we're railroaded by native title, which has thrown us all into one basket. Yeah. That's why there's rails. Um, you know, 300 clans. Why aren't we meeting as 300 clans? Separate clan group together separate issues separate wants and needs yep not to lump everybody in, in so one we, basket we need the opportunity no no we're not all the same we might agree on some fundamental um you know areas that can go towards a treaty but there's people in our state that don't know what that means for them, so they're not part of it because they're not part of the discussion, and they don't want to be part of the discussion because they don't understand what it means. Exactly, I get that. Yep. So, yeah. Lydia, thank you so much for coming onto the program. Um, it's approximately four twenty-six, and you're listening to an interview with Lydia Thorpe, and we've got Ian joining us in the studio as well. Um, that any final comments, Lydia, you want to make? And thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm just, you know, very, um, we need to talk about a clan-based approach and we need people to help us do that. We can't do that alone. Um, the Victorian Traditional Owner Land Justice Group are an unfunded sovereign body, representative of most of the clan groups. And we've got a publication of, of the clans and what treaty means, what sovereignty is. And, you know, we don't have any funds to reproduce that information out to people. They're the, they're the grassroots movements that unfortunately aren't being supported by the, by the treaty discussions that are happening by the, the state government. Um, so, you know, if anyone out there wants to support that to happen, then I'm more than happy to, um, you know, take that further and have a discussion about how we can do that. Um, but otherwise, you know, we need to all be on board about a clan-based tre treaty. Know whose clan mm. land you are on. Know, know the wants and needs of that clan so that you can be part of a treaty discussion too. Look, you know, Lydia, I'm just glad that we were able to talk about this in more detail because, like, last time we were speaking, it was on the 7th of August, a couple of weeks ago, and the hair at the back of my neck was standing up on end, mm. sister. Okay, in regards to the fact that, um, you know, you were talking about how the Aboriginal people didn't even speak English, couldn't even speak English, they couldn't understand what was happening at, at the event. 
at those of the, mm. the, the gamma, not just the gamma festival, oh, but all the, the constitutional recognition. Yep. Yeah, the constitutional recognition, how they had to go into the yep. bush, you know, and, and didn't have anywhere to stay. And, and yep. it was just disgusting. Like it, it was, it's it's no pride in genocide, okay? That, that's that's what I say. And it's, exactly. It's, it's gross. Exactly. Um, and, it, you know, yeah. Uncle Ray Jackson. And, and as yeah. a result of yeah. speaking. Go on. Sorry. Go on, yeah. I was just going to say, as a result of speaking out, the barrage of racism that I'm getting on my personal Facebook, private messages, is disgusting. Oh. Abos, Muslims, they're even bringing Muslims into it. Like, it's oh. just disgusting. And, it, you know, you wonder why black fellas don't speak out. As yeah. soon as you do, you're a target. And um, I just want to say to any Aboriginal person listening listening out there, you know, we need to unite on this fight and not give up. We've got to keep the pressure on and get this country to um, to own the truth so we Absolutely. can move forward. Absolutely. And I was just about to say, Uncle Ray Jackson used to be a, a permanent part of our show. You, you would have heard he passed away. And... He used to say all the time that mm. the Constitution is a white man's document and it needs to be rewritten um, and, and updated before anything else yep. could be done. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It's a treaty can do that. A treaty can yep. help rewrite this racist Constitution and a Constitution that is so out of, out of date <laughs> um, <laughs> that they can't even have people in Parliament that are, you know... Not citizens, or, or or they're all illegal. But anyway, that's another discussion. Yeah, that's right. Listen, something for another show. Lydia, thank you, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you, Ian, for joining our discussion. Oh, oh, t- thank you, uh, Lydia. Uh, could I just say, Lydia, there's a lot of articles in the English papers about new regulations to try and stop, uh, you know, uh, cyber abuse uh, uh, on the internet, especially in London, and it's uh, going to have quite an impact internationally. It's uh, you know, but it's uh, okay. it's appalling to hear uh, what sort of uh, racist abuse and especially the important work you're doing, like trying to educate these boards about cultural awareness and mm. the importance of a treaty. But it's wonderful to hear all the work, you know, and it's uh, I uh, I think it'll be an interesting thing because there's more opportunity for exposing uh, the racist uh, uh, abuse on the internet, you know. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Absolutely, Ian. And, you know, I, one of the people that has racially abused me, I rang, rang his workplace today. So he's in a bit of trouble and he's sent me a very unheartfelt apology um, and wants to have coffee with me, you know. And so You're not going, are you? The, my message there is no, no. <laughs> I might send all my uncles in, though. <laughs> um, but my yeah. message there is um, call it out, you know. Call it out, expose it, show it, and don't let these fellas get away with it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But, you look, you don't yeah. want to be stuck in Sydney, do you, Lydia? We'll, we'll get, let you get catch a plane. No, I'm at the gate. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, thanks so much. You take care. Deadly, thank you. Thank Thanks you. Ian. Yeah, bye, Lydia. Wonderful to hear you. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. And that was Lydia Thorpe. Um, and wasn't that a most heartening discussion, Ian?
Oh, look, uh, you know, it's it's wonderful to hear the work uh, Lydia is, is doing. I, I remember the beautiful gardens she used to make, and it reminded me of, uh, you know, some of the old MUA uh, members here in Melbourne, Chico Dixon, that uh, uh, Robbie plays. We'll build uh, communes, we'll, you know, real alternative ways of uh, creating jobs and providing self-determination for Indigenous people and unemployed. Wonderful uh, uh, work that Lydia is doing in that uh, in that realm, especially the importance of, you know, cultural awareness, something that the police really need, you know, if we are to, uh, you know, really uh, protect Indigenous people in such appalling levels incarcerated at the present time. You know, Ian, I'm just so glad that you've you've come onto the show. And, and see, it's, it wasn't so hard. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I thank you, but you did make me feel uh, very, very at ease. I, I admire the way you can uh, do public speaking at, at all those rallies because you, you need to be able to, uh, you know, put it down in a way that it will have an impact with the audience and it's thorough and it's uh, not challenged you know and i think we're in a in a different ball game now in terms of what's happening in america you know the elections last year even the financial review said particularly with bernie sanders it was a, a competition between a uh, a socialist and trump a fascist well, we've seen him support, uh, um, you know, neo-Nazis and the KKK, and he's in a lot of hot water now, yeah. you know, a lot of hot water. You, you can't come out and abuse people and, and go back to the 1930s and this kind of attitude of, uh, of uh, bourgeois bigotry. It doesn't work, you know. You know what? I mean, they say that Trump stole the election, but at the end of the day... Isn't Trump, um, in a way, a reflection of the American people? Like, in, in a way, like, there's a lot of um, historical racism and in some ways it's all about religion. It's all about religion. It's all about, you know, um, it's, it's bad. Oh, of course, but the the whole nature of American society, particularly in the 20th century, the wars and particularly the, uh, the way that uh, England was able to overturn the civil war against slavery, you know, the, uh, their assassination of, uh, of um, George Washington and, and particularly all the gold ships that come from here, Benigo, Walhalla, Ballarat, all that wealth that drove England in the 18th, 60s and overturned a great deal of positive things that were coming out of uh, America. But then we had the great, uh, the great segregation movement. We had the lynchings. We had the travelling at the back of the bus. But what an inspiration! The, you know, Black Lives Matter. Because I've seen that sign right yeah, across right. Europe, uh, even in Berlin. You know, people holding up them signs and. And I thought how appropriate it was in relation to the, the courage of Darabin and Yarra that you mentioned that uh, slogan, uh, there's no pride in genocide because... That's uh, exactly right. You know, it, it's, it's some, you see so many young people with those uh, uh, beautiful handmade uh, banners with that slogan throughout the Invasion Day rally. Tens of thousands of people. That's right. And there's quite a lot. Now, um, 
and in fact we can talk about this you know all the time it's it's very relevant but moving on now because we've got our next interview coming up and Ian I'd love you to stay if you want to hello Lucy welcome to the program Marissa how are you going lovely to have you um not bad (laughs) yeah so um Lucy, we invite Ian's here too. Ian's joining me in the studio today. He's done a lot of work with Robbie Thorpe and um, Joe Toscano um, at 3CR. And I'm just introducing you. This is Lucy from the Refugee Action Collective. And we're going to be speaking about refugees and asylum seekers and how um, the immigration is actually going to be cutting off the income support of refugees and asylum seekers um, in Australia. There was an article in The Age about it. So, Lucy, could you just give us a little bit of background on that? Sure. Um, Well, maybe best to start with, uh, people might remember the Let Them Stay campaign from last year where there were 267 refugees who were brought from Nauru to Australia um, for medical attention, um, there was, this was for um, help that they couldn't get from Nauru, um, some really severe medical um, problems that people were experiencing, um, trauma from rape that they had experienced on Nauru and other psychiatric problems as well. Um, these people had been brought to Australia. Um, some of them had been um, receiving treatment for a while. Some babies had been born from these people in Australia and there was a High Court challenge to let them stay in Australia. Um, That failed um, and the government was preparing to send these people back to Nauru to the place of, uh, um, for for many of them, a place of extreme extreme, um, abuse um, and neglect and and the source of so many problems. Um, But in response to their preparation to do that and the loss of the High Court challenge, a massive movement, the Let Them Stay movement, came up and we saw premiers across the country, um, teachers, doctors, um, you know, every 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 man and their dog was, was saying, I will, let, I will get in the way to let these people stay. You know, they can have a room at my house, um, sanctuary at my church, this sort of thing. Um, so this cohort of people has, in fact been staying in Australia. The government hasn't made a move against them until now because they knew that, you know, there there is an army of people willing to protect them. Um, but we saw what we saw over the weekend and, and this morning, um, 100 of these um, 267 people received um, very threatening letters um, from Peter Dutton saying you're going to be cut off income support, um, you're going to be um, booted out of any um, supported accommodation um, and, you know, your removal or your removal back to Nauru or, or to your place of um, whatever, wherever it was that you came from, um, you know, is impending. So a very threatening and intimidating letter against a group of people who, um, you know, people, the, the people's movement has, has a very big stake in, in protecting and saying let them stay. Um, so that's that's what's happened um, over the last couple of days, and quite rightly, um, we've seen again people step up and say, "No way, hands off that 100 people, hands off all of those people. They they should be allowed to stay, and not only should they be allowed to stay, the people on Manus Island and Nauru should be brought to Australia and allowed to stay here too." So basically, just just to summarise for listeners, and, and I'll explain this to you as well, Ian, and feel free yes, to jump in yes, if, yes. if you need to, but the Turnbull <laughs> government, and today is Monday, it's effectively throwing up to 100 Australia-based asylum seekers onto the street by immediately cutting their income support, isn't it, Lucy? 
and giving them three That's weeks right. to find a place to live. And, you know, right. it's, it's, it's a drastic move, isn't it? And it was revealed in leaked government documents, wasn't it, according to The Age, that show the Department of Immigration and Border Protection will issue dozens of asylum seekers, possibly including a pregnant woman, transferred to Australia from offshore detention for medical reasons with a new visa known as the the final departure bridging e-visa. <laughs> right? Now, what, what, what's Very that? Ominous. What's that? That's just, what's that's, going on? Well, that's exactly it. I mean, in a lot of ways, these people have been between between visas or they've, they've been in, a, in, in a, like a glitch in the system, I guess, because um, they don't have a visa. They've been um, essentially in detention, community detention. So in some ways, this is the government saying, okay, well, Here's a visa, <laughs> but it's it's you know in line with its in line with its um you know theory that no one should ever be allowed to settle in Australia, um who's been in the offshore camps. It can't say here's a visa, you can stay. So it said here's a visa, final departure, um and that's the threatening the the other threatening. I mean it's obviously very very cruel to kick people off any kind of income support who any people who are as vulnerable as these people are, but you know, to also threaten them with final departure to, to Nauru or Manus is absolutely outrageous. It, it is outrageous, Lucy. And, you, you know, like, look at the quote. I don't know if you've read this article, but it's it's horrendous. From This is a quote from Immigration. From Monday 28th August, you will need to find money each week for your own accommodation costs. From this date, you will also be responsible for all your other living costs like food, clothing and transport. You are expected to sign the code of behaviour when you are released into the Australian mm. community. I mean, what is this? Mm. Yep. It's it's all this rhetoric from Dutton and he reiterated it this morning when he made that jibe about un-Australian lawyers who are protecting these people. Um, you know, this idea that there's something un-Australian about seeking asylum, there's something un-Australian about being a refugee. Um, you know, the, the racism is palpable and it's an, it's a, it's, he's playing a, a racist card and a racist game. And I think, you know, it's, it's absolutely appalling what's happened, but he's not going to get away with it. So many people have come out once again and pledged whatever it is that they can to the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre, um, you know, and even Bill Shorten this time, you know, couldn't stomach it. I mean, he's stomached a lot of, of refugee racism, but even this he couldn't stomach, no. which I'm pleased to see, but that, that needs to be forced further because it's not just the situation that these people are being cut off income support. There are... Still, all the people on Nauru and Manus, you know, those islands haven't closed. There's the promise that they'll get to go to the US, but we've seen what kind of tatters that US deal is in. And meanwhile, they're living in limbo. There's 50 people on Nauru who need medical transfers to Australia, just like these people did. Um, three women who need abortions, but abortion is illegal on Nauru, and the Nauruan government is not allowing those people come to Australia to access that abortion. So we need to close the camps and the, and the demand needs to be, you know, let these people stay, give them resettlement services, give them the income support they need, but also close the camps and bring those refugees here. You know, I, I'll tell you what, look, I, I totally, as a radio broadcaster, and Ian, I'm sure you would agree with me as well, that, yeah, 
Oh, that, um, yes, I'll you look know, up. To, to let them oh. stay. But I yes. think what really gets to me, though, is the fact that um, New Zealand often takes some of these refugees and the Australian government said no. And you know why? Because there's a pathway <laughs> from New Zealand to Australia. I mean, it's so obvious. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Ian, did you want to... Oh, it's obvious. Yes, well, I, I mean... I, I think, Lucy, uh, oh, it's wonderful to hear you because what a nice response to this, uh, you know, particularly to point out the appalling conditions of those uh, are still in the ruined manners and, uh, you know, the cruelty of the government's policy. But all around Melbourne, you, I must agree with you on the cohort of people who are saying, uh, let them stay right across there. You know, I travel the network and I see posters outside people's individual houses. Bring them here. Mm. Let them stay. I think you're right mm. that this will create a, a massive upsurge in support and, you know, because it's such an appalling thing and you do such a wonderful job. I know a gentleman there, Peter Farago, and you, I think he works as part of it. He's always at the rallies. He's yep. an old gentleman. Legend, Legend he, of the Refugee Action oh, he, he's, a, he's a wonderful uh, lecturer. He used to be a lecturer at uh, Monash. Uh, back in the 70s and wonderful attitude to indigenous people you know he, he was a refugee from Hungary you know second world war you know he knows what uh, what it's like you know what I mean uh, on a personal level you know yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and you, you know Ian you, you make me feel better actually because he's amazing Ian Lucy he's 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 everywhere you know and he, he gets it you know yeah, it's it's a good thing. Well, yeah. you know, and the, and there are like as you say, there are so many connections between the fight for Aboriginal rights and the fight for refugee rights. I think you know the the, the issue of racism in Australia, the white Australia policy, um, and and incarceration of of people, whether they're Aboriginal or refugees. There's a common thread there, um, and there's a common fight as well. And I think. Yeah, it's heartening. It's heartening when people make those connections too and stand up, whether it's, you know, on Invasion Day or at the refugee rallies and hearing refugees as well. You know, Beirut's Buchani in Manus Island when he says, you know, that there needs to be justice for, for Aboriginal people, no, no to invasion, you know, that sort of thing, that there's a, there's a common battle that, that we have to fight. Absolutely, and in fact, um, I used to visit um, an asylum seeker at Mita in Broadmeadows, and they actually kicked him out. Um, the the guards found um, some type of contraband. I mean, I think he had money on him, and he wasn't allowed to have money. You know, people put food in their the women put food in their bras because they're not allowed to bring food. They're not allowed to have chocolate. Mm. You know, all this all this rubbish. And this particular man, you know, um, who I haven't gotten permission to release his name on air, but he was there for seven years, okay, and then they transferred him um, to, I believe, it, it might be uh, Nauru, I think, and now they're going to put him, bring him to Sri Lanka. You know, it's 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 disgusting, mm. you know, and he was, he was in limbo. It's approximately 4.51 and you're listening to an interview with Lucy Honan from the Refugee Action Collective. We haven't got much time left. Have you got any final comments, Lucy, that you wanted to, to convey? Just to, to stay tuned, I mean, obviously, the Asylum Seeker Resources, Resource Centre is um, getting inundated with 
offers of support to help these asylum seekers and refugees. Um, but political support is really important at the moment as well. I think, you know, the, the Dutton regime, the Turnbull government has overplayed its hand. Um, you know, it's really the, the, um, the, the fact that the um, Labor Party has drawn the line over this means that there is an opening for us to push further. And as I was saying before, it's really important for um, for the demand and for what people need to be pushing our government to do is to say not just let them stay, but bring them here and close the camps. So stay tuned for uh, Refugee Action Collective has a meeting tonight and we're going to be planning our next action, um, probably be this weekend or, or very, very soon, um, to, to ram this message home. So stay tuned, look at it, look at our website or Facebook page to find out when the next rally is and please get along. Yeah, because I think the deadline for the, the... What's the deadline in October? There was a deadline there. What's that one? For the, yeah, the there was, close? That, yeah, that was another situation. Yeah, there's a, a, about 30,000 um, refugees living in the community as well um, and 12,000 of them still had not um, had the opportunity to um, apply for apply for refugee status because the um, immigration minister had only just lifted the bar to allow them to apply. So he lifted the bar and then said, if you don't have it, um, have your application in by October 1, you're out. So um, it sounds as though most people have had the opportunity, they've been in contact with lawyers and they're, um, they're at the point where they have been able to um to lodge applications or very close to. So I think we're okay on that front. But it was another, you know, it's of a piece with the general brutal, you know, hateful policies on the one hand from the government and then on the other hand from the refugee movement and people who want to be involved and show solidarity to asylum seekers and refugees just pitching in and saying, what do you need? Can I help? I want to be involved. Absolutely. And in fact, you know, just to finish off the discussion, you know, it's great that we've made those vital connections with Aboriginal people because Aboriginal people are refugees in their own country. And it's always good. And in Absolutely. fact, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty um, disheartening. But we're all doing the work and we have to keep going. Yeah, Lucy, thanks yep. so much for coming on the program. Thanks, Mr. and thanks, Ian. And good luck with your meeting tonight, and it'll be a pleasure because uh, Robbie always uh, speaks about no arguments with these boat people. You know, he's uh, he's passionate, and many many other Indigenous broadcasters here, you know, they, they see the appalling plight. More refugees now than the Second World War. What's happening in the Middle East That's is, it. you know, and it's wonderful the work you're doing, but what a rapid reply to this Dutton letter, but I particularly want to want to uh, congratulate you on your use of the word regime and Dutton. I think that's important for us to remember. That's the way Indigenous people speak. They, they don't see it as a legitimate government. You that's know? exactly right. Mm. All right. No, that, that's fantastic. Take good care, Lucy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Lisa. Thank Bye. you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. And that was Lucy Honan from the Refugee Action Collective and um, joining us with Ian in the studio and having a discussion about some of the atrocities that the Australian government is performing at the moment. And just, just it's approximately 4.55. I wanted to actually make a special announcement um, and it's, it's a, an event that's being co-hosted, I believe, with RISE and the Warriors of Aboriginal Resistance will also be involved. September the 16th, First Nations and Refugees Solidarity panel discussion, and it's hosted by RISE, I'm sorry, RISE <clears throat> Refugees, Survivors and Ex-Detainees, Saturday, September 16th at 2pm to 4pm, the State Library of Victoria, 
Village Roadshow Theatrette entrance, 179 Latrobe Street, Melbourne, and it's 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 a panel basically, and as an extension of our ongoing work <clears throat> and last year's Sovereignty Sanctuary launch event at the foot of Parliament House of Victoria. Um, RISE will host a panel discussion between First Nation people and refugees who have sought protection in Australia, and that's in inverted commas. The discussion aims to critically address the current and historical treatment of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and refugees who are coming to seek protection via boats. It seeks to discuss what grassroots solidarity movements, self-determination and community organising has looked like and might look like in order to create meaningful, sustainable movements that that challenge colonialism, border imperialism and white supremacy. Um... So get get along to that. Um, it seeks to discuss what grassroots solidarity movements, self-determination and community organisation has looked like, as I said, and might look like in order to create meaningful, sustainable movements that challenge colonialism, border imperialism and white supremacy. All panellists, including the host, have committed a number of years towards solidarity work and organising campaigns for their own community groups on a grassroots level. Additionally, everyone involved in the panel discussion are from an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander background, as well as refugees and ex-detainees who have sought protection in Australia. Um, yeah, so I believe I'm not, I can't find at the moment who the speakers are, but I believe that Mariki is going to be speaking. Here we go, Mariki Onis, Eugenia Flynn, and there's also another speaker, Tanya, as well, and Abdul Beige. And my pronunciation is probably really hopeless, but um, it's better to not saying it at all. So it's 4.57. Um, We are going to be having Beyond Zero up next. 